Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a post-trade deadline pod. Um, the Mavs did make a move, and I wanted to do a somewhat of a short pod talking about uh, the moves they made, what it means for the Mavs, and stuff like that. Now, I'm actually doing this um, about 30 minutes prior to their game with the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks will only have eight available players. Uh, you know, Brunson's out, OG and Obi's out, Randall's out. New York traded a few players, Grimes being one of them. So I do hope that Dallas can take advantage of this and get a, another win. They've got two wins in a row. This would be three. It would really help them, in uh, obviously, in the standings if they could. Uh, they do play Oklahoma City on Saturday, and apparently, you know, Lively's been out with the broken nose. Apparently, it's already been said he's going to miss um, Saturday's game, which is disappointing. Um, at some point, it would have been cool to have him back and sort of have a full lineup. Um, obviously, Exum's still out, but, you know, pretty much everybody else is back. Um, you know, Maxie's been actually playing well, uh, which is good to see. Um, he'll be. It would be nice if he could be a backup power forward um, that could, you know, really contribute. You don't have to give him too many minutes and stuff like that. But as far as the trades go, um, the first trade I will talk about is the 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 big trade, which I think is is uh, PJ Washington for Grant Williams and Seth Curry and a first round pick. Um, to talk about the pick real quick, one of the things I hear in the media, which is really comical, but I don't know, I don't understand why the national media just really dislikes Dallas, but all they talk about are these picks that Dallas just won't have. They're, they're mortgaging their future, and man, it's, it's only like two picks. Like, Dallas, they, they've already traded their 24 pick, right? It, it was in the Porzingis trade. Dallas will have their 25 pick. Dallas is going to have their 26 pick. I think they traded their 27th pick, 2027 pick, and they've traded their 2029 pick. And I just, I don't think that's as big a deal as the media plays it out to be. If, I, I think what everybody in the media thinks is Luke is just going to bail, and that's what it is. They, they just feel like he's going to bail. They're already anticipating it for whatever reason. He's the next guy, um, you know, Zion hadn't bailed, so they sort of moved off Zion. And it's nobody else, but it's going to be Luka. So all they all they keep bringing up are these picks. And what's funny is, you know, even if, even if Luka were to leave, um, obviously this team is not going to be that good. Now, they're not going to be... Uh, Depending on who's there, like I figure Kyrie, let's just say Kyrie's there still. I mean, they're still going to be a decent team. Obviously, they probably won't make the playoffs. But I, I just don't think you can have that attitude. I, I, I think if you're in a position where you can improve your team now, you can't just say, well, Luka might leave, so we can't trade future picks. I, I just don't think that's the way you conduct business. And, I, you know, if Luca leaves and they that pick ends up going to Charlotte and it's the eighth pick in the draft, so be it, right? Obviously, it's not cool if you're a Mavs fan, but 
you know what? I want that opportunity to be a better team. And the opportunity came. So I'm whatever. It's they they like I said they still have their 25 pick. They still have their 26 pick. They still have their 28 pick. Now the part of the trade for Daniel Gafford, they agreed on a pick swap with Oklahoma City in 2028. So whoever has the worst pick, Oklahoma City can or the best pick, Oklahoma City can choose. Now I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute, but like I said, they still have a pick. So, you know, what if um, both picks are in the teens? You know, who, who cares? What if both picks are in the 20s? Who cares? You know, so, you know, Oklahoma City, what if they have an injury and, you know, they have the better pick? Well, then it's just going to be Dallas's pick anyways. So, um, anyhow, back to... The other, uh, Grant Williams was uh, kind of the, sort of their big offseason acquisition. You know, Dallas, unfortunately, hasn't had really too many offseason um, acquisitions. They they tend to do better when, during the middle of the season with the trade deadline, obviously with like Kyrie, they got Porzingis, right? They do better with the trade deadline. So, you know, Grant Williams being this the big acquisition, obviously it wasn't a big name, but at the end of the day, they didn't pay him a lot of money. And that's another thing about P.J. Washington. He doesn't make a lot of money either. I think you get better bang for your buck with P.J. Washington than you do with Grant Williams. And so you're basically swapping players. And I think Dallas got the better player, and... Pretty much everybody else does too, but I, I think too many people are focused on the pick. But I, I just, like I said, I just don't think you can. I, I don't think you can conduct business that way. You know, a lot of people insulted the Clippers for giving up all those picks to get you know Kawhi and Paul George. They're one of the top teams in the West. Obviously, if they had the success right away, no, they didn't. But who cares? You know, a lot of people gave the Lakers a hard time for giving all those picks away for Davis. They won a title. So it's worth it, right? But, you know, not to get off too much subject, because these pick things, it, it they bother me. It annoys me that too many people are, are so, you know, intrigued with these stupid picks. But uh, anyhow, P.J. Washington, though, he's clearly an upgrade at the power forward position than anything Dallas has. He's automatically the best power forward on their team. And... He should start probably Saturday. I'm hoping he's suited up. And, you know, Grant Williams had a hot start to the season. Um, couldn't miss from three. Uh, you know, obviously me, like every other Mavs fan, thought sort of hit the jackpot. Because, again, Grant Williams didn't make a lot of money compared to, you know, what players are making now. So, um, but in the last several weeks even getting into months he's he's really struggled um i think he's having a hard time finding his fit on the team you know he'd gained some weight then he had lost some weight one thing that intrigues me is the fact that he can't dunk a basketball like that was interesting to me how he just gets blocked at the rim because he can't dunk um I've never seen a guy six foot six not be able to dunk a basketball, but you know, here we are. 
One thing I, I think we will miss is he he did try. He really did. And he really did try to defend. Was it always successful? No. But there were times when it was. I, I believe in the Brooklyn game the other day, he had a block on like Claxton. And it was a really good play. And obviously, you think, you know, maybe we'll have Lively, so it's okay. And at the end of the day, I would rather have P.J. Washington over Grant Williams. Again, it's an upgrade in position. And he is a starter caliber player who was on a team with a lot of frontline guys. And, you know, Grant Williams can play the three in Charlotte next to, you know, whether it's Miles Bridges and all the bigs they have. Um, he's obviously going to probably play behind Brandon Miller. I figure um, I, I'm not up to Charlotte's starting lineups, but I figure if, if Brandon Miller's not starting, he will be. Um, P.J. Washington wasn't starting because they have a lot of frontline guys. Uh, Miles Bridges, you could probably argue, is the better player, but there's a lot of baggage to go behind that. Um, plus, he wasn't available. And... He's also a free agent this offseason, so he could pretty much go anywhere. I think he's restricted, though, but I, I just feel like this P.J. Washington was probably the best player traded today, and Dallas got him, and I, I just don't think you can frown on that. So, um, like I said, Grant Williams, it was cool while it lasted, but I want the better player, and Dallas got the better player. The other player involves Seth Curry, who I feel like his career is basically coming to an end. He was very bad this year. He had one or two good games, maybe. And I just don't know if he's an NBA player anymore. I He just, to me, I thought this was best-case scenario to be able to get P.J. Washington without giving up Josh Green or Jaden Hardy. I know a lot of people have given up on Jaden Hardy. I don't really know why he's such a young player man he's only in his second year I just don't think you can just give up on a player like that in their second year I don't like that it takes it takes three four five years for that some of these guys and you just can't give up on a player after one year and just be like no he's not dominant so we need to move on him I just that's not how you build a team in my opinion I like Jaden Hardy I think Jaden Hardy can still contribute to this team and I hope he's here for, you know, longer than Brunson. Because obviously they, you know, they bailed on Brunson. Brunson wasn't exactly the greatest player in the world in his first couple years. Go back and look. He was a good player, but he wasn't the greatest. He wasn't the player that he is now. So you can't give up on a player just like that. So the fact that they were able to, you know, hold on to even Omax. And, you know, Josh Green, like I said, and not have to give up anything but a future draft pick. And like I said, I, I don't care about that draft pick. You can get draft pick. Dallas took on Rashawn Holmes' contract and got Omax. And in return, they moved Rashawn Holmes to Washington for Daniel Gafford. That was the other move they made. Um, obviously, I felt Rashawn Holmes was a better player than Dwight Powell. But he's not as good as Daniel Gafford. So, obviously, I think Dallas got the better player. Nobody disputes that. A lot of people are looking at this pick swap in 28 because Dallas had to do the 28 pick swap with OKC to get a first-round pick to send to Washington. Again, I don't 
understand why everybody's so torn up about a 2028 pick swap. Again, it, everything has to do with Luca leaving. Everything, that's it. And I'm sorry, but if Luca leaves the franchise, a dang draft pick is going to be the least of their problems at this point, right? So, I just, like again, I just don't think you can conduct business that way. Um, if Luca leaves, it's going to take more than just three drafts to turn it around. So, with Dallas's luck in the lottery, they'll never have a top pick. So, I, I just like I said, you can't conduct business that way. And I would if I have no problem with trading the pick swap for the pick to send to Washington to get Daniel Gafford. You have a legitimate backup center who can protect the rim, who can rebound. And he's better than Dwight Powell. He's better than Rashawn Holmes. You could play him next to Maxie, like I was saying. I, I think it would be awesome to see Maxie play next to Daniel Gafford in the backup role. Um, I figure Saturday, Daniel Gafford will probably start. You'll probably start both P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford. I don't know if they'll put two new guys out there in the starting lineup or if they'll just start Powell and just try to ease both of them in, right? You don't want to put too many new guys in the starting lineup. But uh, I think it was a fantastic trade. He's the kind of player Dallas is needed. He's the kind of player you got in Lively. He can do the pick and roll, and Luka can throw him alley-oops all day. He can defend the rim. He can rebound, and he's exactly what Dallas needs. Now, another thing that people talk about, again, in the national media, they look at these moves and they're like, well, does this make them a championship contender? And I, again, I just, I don't understand this, you know, these were bad moves because they're not championship contenders. And I, I, I ask, what is the move that makes them the championship contender? And they don't have an answer because, again, P.J. Washington was the best player move today. And... He went to Dallas. So logically, you could say, well, there was no other move that could have made them a championship contender because Washington was the best player moved and he went to Dallas. So I, I just, the way I see it and the way I sort of explain it when I'm talking about it to other people is to me, Dallas made the Cardinal sin. Luca's rookie year. They thought they could compete for a championship in his second year, and you just can't. You know, a lot of guys wanted the Spurs to go crazy and start trading people and bring back all these players. You can't do that. You can't assume you're going to compete for a title in a 19-year-old second year. That's just that's not reality. I don't know a player who's one year out of high school who's come into this league and led his team to a title within the last 40 years, right? I just don't know that guy. That guy doesn't exist. Um, you know, the closest thing you can get is in the 1980 finals. Magic Johnson started at center, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on that team. He was one of the best players to ever play basketball, still in his prime. So to act like, you know, he, Magic wasn't the best player on that team. But again, that was 1980. This is today's basketball. No player has come in one year out of high school and led their team to a finalist in their second year, a championship. Did they make the playoffs? Yeah, Dallas made the playoffs. That was great. But 
you, you're not going to compete for a title. And Dallas made the Cardinals in, and they thought they could. And so they just traded their whole – they traded half their roster for Porzingis, a guy who's often injured. They traded, traded two draft picks, um, one of them being one they're going to have to give out this year, the, the 24 pick. They still owe that to New York. Um, I assume – I think, in my opinion, Dallas is better than um, – you know, Dallas right now in the standings, they're sitting in the um, eighth spot. There are two games in the loss column behind the Lakers. The Lakers didn't make a move. I think Dallas is a better team today than they were yesterday. Dallas is only two games back in the loss column from Phoenix, who's at number five. Phoenix has 21 losses. Dallas has 23 and the Lakers have 25. I think Dallas is a top eight team. Even if they have to play Sacramento or New Orleans in the play-in, I do think they have a chance to win. Dallas, believe it or not, has a really good road record. They're a winning road team. Um, They actually, I think, have a better winning percentage on the road than they do at home. And, you know, if they have to go on the road to win that first game and they end up in the seventh spot... I think they can do it. Um, they, if they play their cards right, if they get their, if they get healthy, if they stay healthy, they might have an opportunity to move up in the standings. They might have an opportunity to pass a New Orleans or a Sacramento. You know, Sacramento didn't make any. Well, they traded for Robin Lopez, but then they re- immediately released him. So. They pretty much they've done nothing to improve their team. New Orleans didn't do anything to improve their team. Now Phoenix did. Phoenix actually um, traded for uh, Royce O'Neal. It was a good get. They gave up just a bunch of guys. So um, they also got David Roddy from Memphis. Eh, he's just a guy, if you ask me. Royce O'Neal is okay. He's probably better than the players they gave up, but to me, Phoenix is only going to go as far as those, uh, you know, Bill and Durant and Booker can take them. That's it. It doesn't matter who else you put around. They're they're only going to go as far as those three guys can take them. So, uh, what's funny? The the top four teams in the West have sixteen losses. Those are going to be the top four teams in the West. So, regardless of what happens at the end of the season, I think Dallas, if they make the playoffs, they're going to start a road series. And again, Dallas playing well on the road this year and improving their team. You know, if they can get Lively back playing every game, P.J. Washington and a good backup in Gafford. Um, you know, Kyrie be healthy for the rest of the year. At some point, Exum coming back. But if not, the uh, the wild card is one of the guys traded today was Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he was traded for... Uh, Dennis Schroeder in Toronto. Um, he was released by Toronto, and so he has to clear waivers, and that usually, what they were saying, it usually takes 48 hours or whatever. But there's only a handful of teams that, uh, there's a handful of teams that can't sign him. Uh, you know, with the new collective bargaining agreement, uh, there's seven teams that do not have the ability to sign buyout guys. And the Suns are one of them now. I think there's a has to do with their contract. So if they get a buyout guy that's on a minimum, 
you know, Phoenix could probably sign, I think, Daniel House. Because I don't think Daniel House was on a big contract. He was, like, on a minimum. So I think they do have the ability to sign that. But Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't. He was on a big contract. So a team like Phoenix can't sign Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, the Lakers can, and the Lakers are trying to get him, and the, the Pelicans are trying to get him, and um, another team I can't remember. But um, Mavericks are, want Dinwiddie as well. And... You know, Dinwiddie, in the year they went to the Western Conference Final, his role as a backup point guard worked out. Because, in my opinion, that's what Dinwiddie is. He's a backup. He's not a starter. When he went to Brooklyn, he went as a starter. He, he played starter, starting point guard. And even his his last year here in Dallas, the year he was traded for Kyrie, his when him he was the starter, he just wasn't that good. That's just not his role. That's not who he is. He's a backup. And if you have Dinwiddie as your backup point guard, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, because right now a lot of weight's on Jane Hardy's shoulders because I, I don't think he's ready for that. Again, I don't want to give up on him, but I don't think he's ready to lead this team, you know, the backup, uh, the second team during a playoff series. I'd rather have Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie at this point. Um, doing that now long term again I like Hardy but Dinwiddie would be a good get and if you can get after the trade deadline you have PJ Washington Daniel Gafford and Spencer Dinwiddie and the only players you gave up was Rashawn Holmes Grant Williams and Seth Curry I think that's a win Uh, too many people again they look at the draft picks and they overreact to them um I just you don't know what these draft picks are going to be. And there were two top ten picks that were waived. Uh, one of them I can't remember his name, um, but it's at it's Charlotte is it's uh, I can't remember his name, but he's available. He was a top ten pick, and Killian Hayes was the other one. But Charlotte, they drafted a guy like seventh. He just didn't work out, and he's available. You just don't know. Hey, you know, look at all the guys drafted around Luca. Bagley's not on his team anymore. Aiton's not on his team anymore. Those guys aren't exactly like playing that great right now. And those guys were drafted before Luka. So you just never know. You you take what you know. PJ Washington is what you know, and he's in he's in his early twenties. Daniel Gafford is what you know. He's like twenty five. These guys still have ten years to play at least. So you go with what you know. Don't worry about those stupid picks. So I I, I think it's. A good day for Dallas. Um, it'll be even better if they can get Dinwiddie. And, you know, they're playing the Knicks tonight. The Knicks are down a lot of players. They need to take advantage. Then they play Oklahoma City Saturday afternoon. Again, you won't have Lively, but hopefully you have Washington and Gafford. And hopefully those guys can help your team out. Um, I don't know if it's a short enough period of time to where if Spencer Dinwiddie does decide to play with Dallas if he chooses to. And... If he does, I don't see why he couldn't play right away. Um, he knows the team. He knows the offense. He knows the probably the defense, so why not? Um, but I, I think Dallas, because New Orleans and Sacramento sort of punted on the trade deadline, I think Dallas has an opportunity to move up. Now, Jason Kidd's got to be smart about it, and hopefully he can figure this out. Um, we really need him to uh, put together 
a good second half of the season because Dallas needs to get some wins. Like I said, they need to win tonight. They got a tough one Saturday. And it would be neat to go into that game on Saturday with a three-game winning streak. It would. So, um, you know, Oklahoma City's 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're not unbeatable. You know, Minnesota's 5-5 five and five in their last 10. It's the Clippers and the Nuggets, to me, who are the two top teams in the West. The Clippers are the team that I just think is probably going to end up in the finals if they can stay healthy. But, uh, no, I, I like what Dallas did today. I'm excited about it. And hopefully hopefully they, they put together a, a, a good streak so that all these people who sort of poo-pooed the trade can just be quiet about it. I'm just I'm just like I said I'm I don't listen to the national media, but I do see people post stuff about it online and I'm just like why do y'all listen to those people? They don't like Dallas. That Brian Windhorst hates Kyrie. He even he's Kyrie is living rent free in that guy's head. And all he can talk about is how Kyrie's broken up all these super teams. That's it. That was his news. He didn't have anything else. It's because his Lakers are terrible. LeBron is not the guy he used to be. The Lakers have had the best health they had in years, and they're not a good team. They didn't make a move, and all Windhorse can do is insult Kyrie. So, um, one of the things, one of the things, Dallas though, and I, I sort of got way off topic, but about the uh, the Mavs and the trying to win a title after Luca's rookie year, but. I feel like they're trying to recoup from that, and I think they're headed in the right direction. Getting Lively and getting Omax in the draft were good. Getting Hardy in the second round, and just trying to bring in some young guys who you can, who make, who might be able to contribute, to be able to hold on to those guys and improve your roster with guys like PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford, two legit playoff rotational players, and. You know, Dallas may not win a title this year, but I think it's a building block for next year. Lively will be in his second year. Maybe Omax starts getting minutes next year, and he can help with your team. And at this point, you're going to have three roster spots at the end of the year. Now, Derek Jones is one of those. I'm sure a lot of people will want to re-sign him, depending on how the second half of the season goes for him. But Morris... He's going to be a free agent. And then this if they sign Spencer Dinwiddie just for the rest of the season, then you'll have three open spots. I don't know what who they can sign. I'm sure they can use their mid-level because they're not above that second apron, I don't think. But, you know, maybe LeBron wants to play in Dallas. You don't, I don't think LeBron stays in L.A. after this year because L.A. has nothing to offer anything to anybody. So... I'm sorry, but you you add LeBron to this team next year, and not that I like LeBron or want LeBron to play for the Mavs, but I'm not. If he played for the Mavs, I'd root for him, and I'd root for him to get another title because I think Dallas is a title contender. If you add LeBron to this team next year, but even if it's not LeBron, if it's somebody else, you just I haven't looked at the free agents, but. Dallas will be able to bring in another guy. Maybe they'll bring in another rotational player, and it's about building a team. I know a lot of people want to build a team overnight, but you can't, especially when you make the mistake of trying to build one overnight in a guy's rookie year. So they're just – I'm glad it seems like they've learned from it and they're headed in the right direction. Obviously, I, I want to see them have a successful playoff run. I don't think they're good enough to beat the top four teams. 
Actually, I think they're good enough to beat Oklahoma City, and I honestly think they're probably good enough to beat Minnesota. But beating Denver and the Clippers is going to be a tall task. And if you have to play one of them in the playoffs, it's going to be tough. So um, hopefully Dallas can move up in the standings to where they don't have to. Maybe if they can get lucky enough to drop, move up to the sixth position and a team like OKC or Minnesota falls down and Denver and L.A. take the one and two spot. Um, you never know. Crazier things have happened. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. The game's about to start. So um, if you could, rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. really appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.